0: grocery wholesaler is getting into the vertical game, or rather welcoming a vertical indoor farm company into its distribution centers. What will this mean for retail buyers of leafy greens, herbs, and other produce procurement? Hey, I'm Amy Souter, your host for the Tip of the Iceberg podcast. We deliver fresh takes on keeping your business and your life healthy, full of fresh fruits and vegetables. Today's episode features leaders from two companies, UNFI, or United Natural Foods, Inc., a grocery wholesaler serving 30,000 locations across North America, and Square Roots, a New York City-based CEA company, or Controlled Environment Agriculture, growing produce inside warehouses, one row on top of another. The two companies are calling this initiative co-location. We have with us Dorn Weninger, UNFI's Senior Vice President of Produce, and Square Roots CEO Tobias Peggs, who co-founded the Vertical Indoor Company with Kimball Musk, Executive Chairman. Produce from the first Square Roots farm co-located with UNFI will be sold to UNFI's retail customers in Wisconsin and Minnesota, including the Twin Cities metro area. So let's welcome Doran and Tobias and join this conversation. Hey, this is Amy Sauter, the retail and education editor for the Packer and editor of PMG Produce Market Guide. And we have with us today two leaders from two separate companies. Uh, we have Tobias Pegg, CEO and co-founder of Square Roots. And we have Doran Winninger, senior vice president of produce for United uh, Natural Foods, Inc. Great to be you. here, so how about you tell us a little bit about your companies first, just to get people familiar um, or refresh their memories and um, we'll start with Dorn.
1: Hi everyone, um, I'm Doran Wenninger and I'm Senior Vice President at uh, UNFI. So UNFI is uh, the nation's largest uh, food distributor wholesaler on a national level and I'm responsible for the produce side. UNFI applies in particular in the produce world thousands of independent retailers um, every week. Uh, so we have dozens of uh, distribution centers around the United States. And um, so I'm responsible for a team of buyers who are buying in, in distribution centers and quality control and sales folks who are collaborating with thousands of independent retailers around the United States to whom we sell uh, fresh produce.
0: Mm. All right then. <laughs> Tobias. Uh, back.
2: so yeah i'm tobias Pace, the co-founder and ceo of square roots so square roots is an indoor farming company so literally that means we farm uh but indoors uh so we we uh build farms in a way that means inside there is a controlled environment and we can basically create the perfect environment environment to grow any plant um and do that all year round so i'm in new york city right now winter is here it is freezing cold you definitely can't grow any food outside right now but in the square roots farm it literally feels like italy in june and it's the perfect conditions beautiful temperature beautiful humidity we're growing amazing plants there Um, and then what we do at square roots is um, uh, we grow the food we harvest the food uh, we pack the food and now working with UNFI, we'll be able to get that beautiful food out to local grocery stores, uh, in some cases within hours of harvest, and do that all
0: year round. So tell me about this latest news that we we did write a little bit about it uh, already, but I want to know more since I, we have you directly now. Um, uh, there's a co-location at some of your distribution centers, is what I hear. You're going to be growing greens and maybe other produce at yep. unfi uh distribution centers
1: yeah absolutely amy so today um, we run about 20 distribution centers around the united states and those would be similar to what uh, all of our retail customers or even our shippers are accustomed to very traditional distribution centers that are receiving and shipping out produce um every single day and so this will be a unique step is that uh, we're partnering um, with square roots and they will be building one of their farms uh, right on the pad of our distribution center and so we're going to start out at uh, prescott in the twin cities of course unfi has a great heritage in the twin cities and it's one of our largest areas so it's a great part to uh, get started and um, uh, the full intention is we're going to see how this works and um, excite consumer consumers with the amazingly fresh product uh, with the intention that we would be able to roll this to other distribution centers in the future.
0: Yeah. Just lately, this seems even more timely. I guess it always does, but uh, I'm just reading news from my colleague about some uh, lettuce issues in California, some disease. And um, if you had these farms in your distribution center, that wouldn't affect you or your your supply as much, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, the the price of iceberg lettuce is at record highs, and um, of course, California has had a challenging several months. Everything from weather conditions to um, certain uh, pests and disease within the fields, and and of course, at this time of year in the fall, uh, lettuces transition from California to here on down to to Arizona and, and to Mexico. And one of the interesting things, of course, is um, I was on a square roots farm yesterday in Grand Rapids, Michigan, and that farm would be harvesting and producing yesterday the same as it will in January is the same as it will in June or July. And so the beauty is, is that you remove that variability independent of weather conditions or transitions between different growing regions, because it is true to the name controlled environment, agriculture, CEA, that uh, you get to control all those
0: variables tell us a little bit about the, the growing methods. I, I'm
2: happy to. So, um, you know, inside the controlled climate farms, the first thing you have is a climate. And so we're able to, you know, set the farm for the right temperature, the right humidity, the right CO2 levels. Basically, we look at, you know, where where in the world do we grow, you know, perfect basil and at what Time of the year is that and we're able to essentially replicate that climate. But inside the farm, in this case, in, in the Twin Cities, which is pretty cool. And then obviously the plant needs uh, you know, energy right, from a light source. Uh, so we have very efficient LED lights in the farm that give that plant the energy. And then, of course, they need irrigation. right? They need water and, and nutrients. And so we use a, a recirculating hydroponic system in the farm. So there's no soil in the farm at all. Um, the plants are suspended um, on, a, um, on, on, a, on, a, on a growing sheet and then are kind of fed with exactly the uh, right amount of, uh, of nutrients in the water. And because the system is recirculating, um, it's actually incredibly efficient when it comes to water use. In fact, some calculations we've seen um, show that a well-tuned hydroponic system like we have will probably use about 90% less water than the equivalent outdoor
0: farm. And we've heard that, yeah, I've heard that percentage. Um, What about, so it's really good for resource reduction. Um, Is there certain things you have to be aware of when you're recirculating water um, for food safety, pathogens or anything with recirculating?
2: I mean, food safety and people safety, are the two most important things for, for us in the farm, right? And to um, um, to give you know ourselves sort of confidence, but also more importantly, consumers and partners confidence. Every single square roots facility um, is a harmonized GAP Plus certified. What that means is it's a, it's a, a USDA certification uh, specifically for the highest levels of food safety and people safety. So yeah, we take that very seriously.
0: Are you a part of the CEA Alliance? Are you- uh,
2: yeah, yeah, we've been long-time members of the CEA Alliance. For anyone listening who, who doesn't know what that is, that is a sort of loose collective with oh, maybe twenty or thirty indoor growers of all shapes and sizes and different technologies. Um, you know, we generally sort of help each other. It's quite a collect, uh, quite quite a collaborative industry. You know, we're still quite a young industry, and we all sort of figure out it's better to all help each other rather than. Uh, compete with each other. So yes, organizations like the CA uh, Alliance are, are very helpful.
1: I mean, well, I'm excited to um, say that Unify just joined the alliance this week. So um, oh, no. one of the initiatives of the alliance is to make sure that the alliance, which originally began with the actual growers, shippers, the producers, um, those investing, growing, CEA. But one of the initiatives is to make sure that now that it becomes even more commercial, that the entire supply chain is represented. And so uh, this week we also joined and became members at UNFI.
0: Oh, great. That's newsy. Yeah, I hadn't heard of any non-indoor like indoor grower joining. But now you will be an indoor grower, sort of. Right. <laughs> well, we're
1: partners, and and partners. and, and, and uh, we're letting each one of us do what we're great at. And
0: right. So, yeah. Sorry, not, you're um, not taking over Square Roots' job. <laughs> yes. Square Roots, Square Roots <laughs> is
1: absolutely uh, amazing technology. Uh, they have experience. Um, I right. got to visit one of their farms, and and we're learning from that. And we'll do what we're great at, which is providing right. to thousands of independent retailers.
0: So I've seen pictures of square roots um it looks I mean I just seen a few of the built like one looked like I mean it's not like modular like shipping containers or things like that is it or I just see like where it's like a warehouse or it could be anything um where the produce is grown inside yeah I can talk
2: a, a little bit about that so um there are two components to the farm. One is what we call the grow zones, which is where the plants actually grow. Um, and today, actually, we do use upcycle chipping containers um, for, for that. And then those grow zones attached to um, a second building that we call the head house. And what happens in there is all of the Uh, packing areas and cold storage areas and biosecurity and basically all of the additional infrastructure that you need to run a food safe and people safe commercial scale operation. So the the total size of the footprint uh, in uh, the Twin Cities area is probably going to be about 20,000 square feet. Um, And then that will produce kind of north of three and a half million uh, retail packages every year.
0: Mm. So... Doran, does this? What you're kind of doing your your first trial run in the one location, right? And then, depending on what you learn there, then add the others. Is that kind of how it's going to go? Exactly.
1: So, Amy, as you know, um, CEA products have been slowly entering the market over the last several years, and of course. Over the last kind of uh, 18 months, there's been a lot of activity and it's exciting. Um, the consumer has responded well. And so there's there's success happening nationally through all different organizations. And of course, uh, UNFI has been watching that. We, we work with lots of great suppliers. And um, so it's, it's not that the uh, U.S. consumer isn't, isn't already consuming CEA product. Um, and so uh, this is is definitely first, as you mentioned. We're gonna we're gonna trial it out. Um, and uh, what we do know, though, is what the consumer values more than anything is freshness. And um, and so. In, in my job, any farmer or any supplier, one of our challenges is how do you move it from the time it's harvested to the consumer as quickly as you can and in the best conditions? And so, um, you know, this really, ticks all the boxes on that is by having the farm literally on the same pad as our distribution center is re- we remove all those other variables. So we're excited to do this this first one and uh, have full plans to, to to roll it out as we uh, see fit and as Tobias and Square Roots and Unify see in the future. So if
0: a produce buyer from a supermarket um, uh, maybe not one of the top five or so, but uh, not a a tiny one either. We' um, sourcing from you. Do you think some of them will switch to square roots or or add that to the portfolio of what they what they buy from you? or um, what do you think?
1: Yeah, you know, there's there's a mix on some of this. And as we've seen in all these categories, Um, The categories are really expanding as grower shippers improve the product and add new SKUs. You know, Amy, if we think about the number of tomato SKUs Mm -hmm. that are on offer in your local grocery store today, just versus what there were 10 years ago. And um, so categories clearly are expanding. Um, And so... I think there'll be a mixed bag. I think some products are potentially replacing others and others are expanding the category. You know, you have real traditional items like um, fresh basil. Well, uh, all of us carry multiple SKUs of fresh basil today, and, and this will compete favorably in particular around the freshness. Uh, But there's also other SKUs that are really in growth that have historically been smaller. um, That now that you can add some great shelf life and some great eating experience. An example would be some microgreens. I think. you know, when you visit the farm, uh, arguably a relatively small category, but microgreens are are being mixed in with these um, kind of salads, lettuces, and um, in generally in those categories. And we're already seeing the expansion of that. Um, so some of these aren't just replacing existing SKUs. I think it'll it'll be offering the consumer more choice.
0: Yeah at the supermarkets in my area of New York the suburbs of the city um it it's just it's just getting bigger and bigger and bigger and i am seeing the microgreens and more and more the different brands i'm seeing more and more cea different companies in different stores all around here or across the country when i'm going to conferences and visit other stores i see different cea brands in different places and and it is taking up more and more shelf space but not as we're hearing it's complementing the traditional farming as well, not necessarily, you know, um, you know, it's not. Yeah, really,
1: it's it, yeah, I, I would absolutely agree with that. I, I don't believe that this is about cannibalizing existing relationships with other growers. I think uh, California has a rich, robust lettuce industry that's going to long survive. Um, Now, I do believe that technology is changing and it's important to understand, uh, but there'll be a place for many years to come for all of this. You know, if you think about um, uh, when I was a child, um, I wasn't necessarily eating a lot of arugula. Um, In fact, there were jokes about the, the word arugula and nowadays all the different mixes you know, and the creativity about all these great marketers around how do you describe to the consumer what these different mixes are. And generally what we're doing is we're giving choice. Um, you're, you're allowing what you see in the rest of the grocery store, good, better, best, uh, conventional, natural, uh, pesticide-free, adding more choice, adding more freshness. Um, and, and this goes a long way in that. I think one of the exciting thing though, about why a small category can ex- grow, Amy, I've been in the produce business for 30 years and generally, uh, old produce folks, we think about filling trucks. <laughs> and when you're filling full trucks, because you have to, because they're traveling hundreds and hundreds of miles, you tend to focus on um, items that fill trucks. In fact, that's a term we use in the produce industry. You know, uh, this fills trucks, iceberg, well, that fills trucks. Well, the beauty of this is you can see the growth of some of the minor categories. If they're grown literally at your distribution center, it's not about filling trucks, it's about moving it from the farm across into our distribution center, which is already shipping thousands and thousands of cases. And I think we will continue to see the growth in some of the specialty and unique that'll move them away from just being niche similar to what we've seen in tomatoes and others, but partially because the growing systems are happening closer to the consumer, and in this case, exactly at the
2: distribution center. Ah, yeah. And I think to, to build on that as well, Amy, um, You know what we really care about is beautiful tasting, high quality food, right? Unless we have that, none of the rest of it matters. Mm-hmm it happens to be built on very clever technology that allows us to be very agile, very nimble, very innovative. Um, and you can imagine, you know, me and Dawn sitting down and saying, oh, well, we've got a customer who wants to try this new thing. Like let's figure out how to grow it. Right. And, and literally within, you know, two or three months and a couple of crop cycles in these controlled environments, doesn't matter what time of year it is, you know, we, we can try that, right? We can get these new products to market very, very quickly. So I think sort of, you know, where we both end up on innovation and new products and how quickly we're able to bring new things to market once the relationship gets up and running properly, um, I'm really excited to sort of explore that as well.
0: Do you think this will lower the cost? Because it's right there. It's closer to the end. Yeah, I mean, I think CA
2: in general right now, or sort of well-run, efficient CA uh, companies I would obviously include us in there. Uh, today, we're pretty comfortable being sort of price comparative with, um, you know, organic farmers. Um, and then as the technology is improving, as our efficiencies improve, obviously that's taking us closer and closer towards conventional. Um, And again, we're, we're at sort of pretty early stages in the industry, but the rate, the rate of development is, is, is rapid. Um, (laughs) You know, for us, the cost to grow something like basil, for example, um, you know, we, we, the cost today is probably 30% of what it was two years ago for square roots, all driven by technology innovation, process improvement, you know, just getting better. Um at at, at at doing this, and um, you know so we're we're really just starting, so it's pretty exciting when you think about where this all ends up ten years from now,
0: yeah, one of the criticisms of the business model that I heard like a few years ago was LED lights you know have got to be so expensive if you're not using the sun, um, but then I was learning about how the costs are incrementally going down for LED lights um Yeah,
2: yeah. I, without trying to get too lost in the technology, but if if I can for a minute, I think you know m- most people are probably familiar with something called Moore's law, which has been the sort of guiding principle for how computing power is you know doubled every eighteen months while the cost is halved, right? Yeah. And that sort of you know Moore's law has driven the explosion of of computing over the last 30, 40 years. In LED lighting, there's something similar called Hates' law where the, the lights are getting twice as efficient and the cost is coming down every 18 months, right? And so the, the, you know, not just square roots, but the whole industry is also benefiting from that wave. And, you know, what it translates to then is lower cost to produce the goods, which, again, ultimately you can pass on to that consumer, which, again, is getting us from today sort of price parity with organic to tomorrow uh, price parity with conventional
0: so Dorn, could you take me through take us through a little bit of uh so someone calls up or or maybe they they use a do they use a like an application on a computer to order or how do they order from from you yeah
1: you, you know the produce industry is is varied uh that's what's <laughs> exciting so we got 800 dawn and he <laughs> <laughs> you know email, email a letter. <laughs> <laughs> literally uh we're servicing thousands of stores a week and and the way they order is very varied um, uh, um. we are we are taking actual calls um in some cases it's it's instant messaging of some form hmm. um there is absolutely portals of which people are inputting it either in handhelds or or in uh their digital guns or tablets or whatever um so there's there's lots of different ways that we receive orders depending on the store customer
0: Okay, so when they order in whichever way they that works best for them um how i, I guess it's it's too broad of a question because everyone does it differently <laughs> but, uh I was kind of what, like, one of what, the most yeah. important
1: things though is um you know the product will only be available at uh, the DC of which it'll be grown at least initially of course now we're getting lots of excitement but not to get ahead of ourselves um, you know we're going to put this farm in in Prescott and we're excited to sell those customers and it's generating a lot of energy and um, so we have a team that will be that that talks to uh, all those stores, and they're talking to them all the time. And and of course, we're introducing new products or new suppliers from time to time. And uh, so our team will be engaging directly with those retailers. Um, now, to be fair, this is creating so much noise and excitement that uh, we're we're excited. I'm sure we'll be hosting many of these retailers out to see the farm. It's a very fun experience for those who haven't. And because it is literally within a short drive from where these stores are, I'm sure Tobias and I will have the opportunity to host many of these retailers to actually see it as we ramp up to uh, being able to harvest and ship to their stores.
0: We're coming up on our time, so I want to give you an opportunity to say anything that we haven't covered that you think might be helpful to our audience.
2: Do you want to talk about the uh, young farmers that you met on the on the Grand Rapids farm yesterday? Yeah, so,
1: um, you know, Unify buys hundreds of millions of dollars of produce, and um, I've been doing this for, for 30 years, um, so I'm kind of an old guy. And one of the things about the produce industry is there is absolutely an issue with the ageing mm-hmm. of the farmers. And um, so... Uh, what's really fun is I was at a farm yesterday, a square root farm in in Grand Rapids, Michigan, and we were harvesting basil and it was snowing outside. Um, and, uh, these young farmers, um, it's pretty cool is this is, uh, a new breed of farmers. They are using the highest technology available. and you have a high yield in a small space and then an arguably an amazing, uh, wonderful space. You know, so while some young people maybe are adverse about being in certain environments, um, this is an environment where you walk in and you're overwhelmed with the amazing smell of cilantro or of dill or of basil. And you're in an environment that uh, is, is a great space to work. And it's a non-traditional farm in the fact that it's much smaller and that it works year round. And so the average farmer in the Twin Cities um, has a pretty uh, different work profile of what they're doing in January than what they're doing in June.
0: And imagine. Um,
1: uh, this clearly is attracting a new breed of farm. And I was really excited to meet with uh, Caitlin and Josh yesterday in the farm that I was in and excited to meet the local farmers that will be farming in our community and um, that will be able to see their produce in these retail stores. Um, That is an exciting sub story that um, as a old produce executive, it really gets me excited. And um, I'm I'm looking forward to that human side of it.
0: Cool. What about you, Tobias? I don't
2: think I could top that. I mean, it's the whole story, right? Local food grown by local farmers, sold in local grocery retail stores. If you're the end consumer, that means you're getting the freshest product, and you're getting it three hundred sixty-five days a year. It's just fantastic. We can't wait to get started.
0: Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Tip of the Iceberg Podcast. I found this a timely partnership considering the skyrocketing prices of field grown lettuce lately from California and soon Arizona, plus some challenges with disease and weather. These two executives were clear that the lettuce supply from Western farms won't be obsolete anytime soon, and that's not the goal. It was also cool to hear that UNFI is the first non farm to join CEA Alliance as it broadens its scope to further this indoor sector of the produce agriculture industry. Anyway, in our last episode, we learned from a naturopathic health practitioner what fresh pumpkins can do for your health, how to handle unwieldy large gourds when trying to cook with them, and why you should, especially how produce professionals can encourage shoppers to use pumpkins in these ways. So if you like what you hear, please hit the subscribe button and rate us on whatever platform you use to listen to podcasts. It really does help us out. Have you heard of our free professional development courses at produceedu.com? There's two very retail focused courses as well as some others. The two include produce buying fundamentals, which is all about navigating surprises and stress on the produce desk. And then there's a course on merchandising, which focuses on the sales strategy, food safety, and artistry behind in-store produce displays. You take the courses on your own time and get a certificate of completion. And you know, it couldn't hurt when you ask for a raise or a new role. Remember, it's at produceedu.com. And PMG's next merchandising display contest is coming up December 8th. That's the deadline to submit. And it's for the Fall 2022 Produce Artist Award Series. Send us photos of your apples, hard squash, pears, pumpkins, and sweet potatoes. Email the pics to artists at producemarketguide.com. That's artists, that's plural with an S. In this episode's show notes, you can find many ways to follow us for more produce information, news, tips, and insights. And we'll have more of these great produce industry and healthy lifestyle conversations coming soon. Thanks so much. I hope you learned something useful and inspirational. Talk to you next time.